Hey, y'all. Welcome to episode 287 of the podcast with my guest, Sarah Gertrude Shapiro. This is one of those episodes and guests that really came along uh, kind of at a perfect time for me and reminds me why I very selfishly do this podcast. And um, hopefully on an unselfish level, uh, you get something from it as well. Uh, I just, uh, I loved our conversation and I really, really am excited for you guys to give it a listen. So hope you're well. I am headed off to Atlanta I will certainly try to stay on top of podcasting for the time that I'm away, particularly since, of course, this falls into the boys of summer realm, and uh, it's such a short period of time that I get the occasion to uh, to podcast dudes that it's very fun, and it's always something I look forward to. So uh, I will try to, again, stay on top of that. I apologize in advance if I have to skip... Uh, have to skip an episode or two. I'm really hoping not to. Uh, It's just a little bit of a crazy shooting schedule while I'm there. So, okay. I hope everyone's well. Now entering Nerdist.com. Enough about everybody else. Oh, yeah. Enough about all these other clowns <laughs> I love, I love in everybody town else. we're I talking about. I do too, but <laughs> F them. Um, uh, thank you so much for being here. We were just uh, offline. We were talking about um, the pros and cons of Atlanta, the pros and cons of Vancouver. Had you spent time in Vancouver before you guys shot the, the Unreal pilot? I think I had been there once, like for a, for a quick shoot, um, but I had no idea what it was going to be like production wise or sort of like how beautiful it was. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, it's incredible. <sighs> Canada. It's Where are you from? I'm from Santa Barbara. Okay, so you like me being from Arizona. I didn't. I didn't have a working relationship with Canada other than like Anne of Green Gables. Yeah, Anne of Green Gables I was obsessed <laughs> with. A, I was going to say, too? yeah, I was obsessed. My grandmother took me to like the Anne of Green Gables house when I was 12. <gasps> she did? Uh-huh. So you went to... Oh, yeah. Oh, see, that's mm. a long time dream. My dad oh, yeah. keeps threatening to go. They have a bike ride that you can do, like a b- ride the island together. You have to. I've got to do it. Yes, PEI. Oh, PEI. The so Red Dirt Road. Yeah. Did it really, and it looked, because that's oh, where they shot the, the thing to Identical. the actual show it's beautiful <sighs> and the green gables gilbert mm. Did you, i was like gilbert was like really formative for me sexually i think i i feel exactly the yeah. same way i agree yeah and at the time god now that i'm thinking about it i watched that thing over and over and over again and sometimes even today people are like are you canadian i hear a trace of something and i'm st- i just occurred like, to no, me no i just watched time. it green gables it just occurred <laughs> to me for the first time i was like Oh my God, what if I shaped my speaking around that and kids in the hall? Like that kind of makes a weird sense. That feels like you're a combo of Anna Green Gables and kids in the hall. Right? And Bruce McCullough and... And Strangers with Candy. And Strangers (laughs) with Candy. Bruce Bruce McCullough was in the Anna Green Gables. Yeah, he played Fred, Diana's fiance. Yeah, he was in it. And I feel like maybe one of the... I think Dave Foley might have been in it too definitely Bruce yeah very serious awkward Bruce like Diana let's go come on Diana yeah that's my Bruce McCall um yeah that is a that is a a very special city and um 
And and also for me too, like getting off the plane the first time I went to Canada and having suddenly everything, or even when you get on the plane and they, they make the, both announcements in French and English. Mm-hmm. I studied French, so I felt like, ooh, I'm really like, yeah. I'm shaking my, I'm shimmering my shoulders right now for those of all of the people who can't hear. Yeah. But I was like, ooh, this is so intercontinental, even though it's the same continent. It is. Did you take a language when you were in, in school? Yeah, I mean, growing up in Santa Barbara, Spanish was Lots sort of, of Spanish, requisite. Yeah. yeah, so I took Spanish and did not take it very seriously in high school and really wish I ha- would have because I it's like know. so incredibly useful. Yeah. It's so useful, I yeah. know. And my husband's actually Latino and he um, he spent a lot of time in Mexico City and oh, so nice. we're raising our son bilingual. And oh, so, so I, it, it is really smart, but I feel like such an idiot on a daily basis <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm the English speaker so like everybody else is like speaking That's like this I beautiful romance language to him and I'm yeah. like hey kid apple apple <laughs> apple like I'm teaching him the ugly language so I know I feel the same way yeah, I feel stupid. so sheepish about yeah. the last person that's going to be in another country saying like don't you speak American I know it's really yeah it's painful oh. yeah. have you been to Mexico City not yet we've been yeah. talking about it yeah our, our son is seven months old so we are waiting until he's a little bit bigger but we want to take sure. Sure. to Oaxaca and Mexico oh, City. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't been down. I've only been to sort of, I mean, I guess I've been on a comedy cruise that went down into Ooh. that, but I did not <laughs> to, Not to brag, ladies, I'm taken. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, and then just to some stuff that's sort of south of Arizona and Hermosillo and stuff. But I remember, and it feels like every other, I read a lot of like, you know, home and travel, like Sunset Magazine type magazines, I say, mm-hmm. looking at Sunset. I feel like every other month there's a feature on something in Mexico City. Yeah, I know. It's I, just that's, like that's, extraordinary food, extraordinary arts and culture, extraordinary uh, buildings and architecture and color. and Yeah, for sure. And our son is so he's Jewish Mexican. So and there also are like a lot of conversos in Mexico City. So there's mm-hmm. a big Jewish population. So we sort of feel like he needs to meet his brethren. That's you know? right. Got to yeah. get down and see some of his people. Yeah, that's right. Um, do you have brothers and sisters? I do. I have um, an older brother and an older sister who are super cool. How much older are you? Eight. Are they, they, um, they than you? My sister's eight years older and my brother is four years older. Okay. Yeah. So the eight-year-older sister, at a certain point, she got, probably moved out. And she did. Felt like yeah. It was just you and your bro. She did. But she was like a really, really big science nerd, which was like genuinely nerdy at the time. And now I just think it's the coolest thing ever. Sure. And she taught me all about like tide pools and native plants and nice. Native American uses of like basketry and she was really into gardening and the microbiome and she just taught me That's, so much yeah you just ticked off like all my favorite things yeah so my sister like basically imparted like a really incredible scientific knowledge into my life before she left which I have always appreciated right on yeah god I love a tide pool I love a tide pool let's talk about tide pools for a second I love tide what were, how many how many opportunities were, you, were created for you right there in Santa Barbara to get um, out there and nose around we basically lived in a tide pool <laughs> so cool it was uh, we were we were up in there all the time. Like hermit crabs were a really really big part of my form, the formation of my mind. Uh-huh. I think um, um, there were a lot of like sea slugs and sea cucumbers. And I don't know if it's just like nostalgia for the, your childhood, but I think that the tide pools were more banging when I was younger. I mean, I, I hate think to like, say because it, it makes yeah. me so sad, but you're probably right. Yeah, because we had a lot of Spanish dancers, which are those purple and yellow nudibranchs. Let's just no, because I need to really hear this. Yeah, Spanish dancers never never heard the term. Okay, so they're tiny little sea slugs but they're purple with like yellow phalanges <laughs> and, they, and they um they sort of dance through the water they're very very uh, okay, beautiful i can imagine what you're talking mm-hmm. about it's possible i just didn't know that they were called spanish dancers yeah you might have seen them before yeah i'm I've, i got a good picture in my head of exactly yeah what yeah you're talking so about. so like my memory at least of our childhood is a lot better than sea slug yeah 
we had um was just like these thri- sort of thriving tide pools with spanish dancers all over them and oh we would gosh. also we had a big thing about like going to collect mussels to eat mussels so there was a lot of like you, know. you dig them up from the sand? Is no, that you just something? scrape them off the rocks. Pull okay. them off the rocks. I don't think that was legal. I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> so like now when I think back on it, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, we're sort of living like a little house on the prairie life in suburban Southern California. Yeah. That was like what we were up to. So. Were you, so, you're, so not just your sister, but your parents in general had that sort of like, hey, we're in, we're next to the ocean. Let's not pretend we're not. Let's yeah. Yeah. I think my parents were sort of like, uh, in their minds like back to the landers but we like lived on a very nice block in a suburban neighborhood and, like, was, um, but we grew up we grew up sort of like uh like really um reading and being read to like little house on the prairie and all these survivalist novels and it was very much about like everything was very hand hewn and we were really into like building stuff and having fires and chopping wood and chickens and yeah um yeah so we so we harvested from the sea illegally i think so <laughs> That was one of the things we did. To survive. I know. But that's really, I mean, that's sort of the, that's the, the sort of California, I know, buddy, the California uh, liberal cliche is the sort of like, all the intention is there to live well. I got a little whimpering dog here. We don't know why you're whimpering. Maybe you need medication. Yeah, you want um, to take, should we take a medication I could, break? I could totally take a medication break. I think three is the earliest I'm allowed to give him some more drugs. Oh. I'm going to pause this and then we'll continue talking about Santa Barbara and then I'll drop the bomb about why Scott needs uh, his drugs. Okay. Uh, you Yeah, you are a, a champ for just rolling with the punches. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So you guys had horses, too. Well, I grew up... Or do you I just grew up, grew up I grew near. up sort of... Um, my parents were very anti-horse because they thought it was really bougie. Um, so <laughs> they were like, they were like, no, we are more like, you know, we're more Marxist than that. You're not going to be riding horses. But I was obsessed. So I started to find a way to ride horses for free, which was usually riding horses nobody else wanted to ride. Smart. So that's been like... So I have taken care of a lot of busted ass horses. Oh, yeah, no. That is like... It's like a, broke down. Oh, old. broke down, diarrhea. I'm like, yeah. My first horse, my first horse was 25 years old. She had like a deep, deep sway back. She had sort of been left on the side of the road she had like chronic diarrhea she was yeah. where do horses like somebody still owns them and stables them i mean kind of but they're like, like so like so santa barbara has santa barbara has very very wealthy areas with like beautiful sure. tr- beautiful horse trails and beautiful jumping arenas and beautiful barns then there are, are like the outskirts like literally down by the train track there was a pipe corral where somebody had like abandoned a horse oh, so there are, so like the they're sort of haunted horse corral yeah so there are these places where you can sort of find horses that have been dumped off and once you start asking around, it's like, is there, does anybody it's have a horse expensive. that's not being ridden? You know, yeah. or does, could I like scoop some poop to ride a horse? So that was sort of how I got into horses. And then I ended up like competing and jumping and doing all that stuff. Right on. I bought a that's, horse for, that's a, yeah, that's hey. a very humble, I was just saying that's yeah. just a very humble adorable <laughs> DIY way of being into horses and very unbougie. Right. But so what I'm saying is like, I like have taken care of a lot of like an- animal medical poop situations and blood situations. And the horses get something called proud flesh where it's just sort of like gross flesh growing off them out of wounds no. that you have to like cut off with knives. Oh, horses. yeah. Horses. And that didn't deter you. You were like, no, I'm getting right in on this. I'm still going to ride. It was my I obsession. Amazing. It was really my obsession. Do and you remember I remember where, like how that formed I feel like it was related to Anne of Green Gables even though there weren't any horses in it but it was like some sort of romantic it mm-hmm, was like mm-hmm. a romantic notion of like being in the wild west I think I've always been sort of obsessed with that um and I think like as a young girl having that much power physical power is really interesting and really exciting like I'm sort of obsessed with that relationship between girls and horses and what it's about 
As a fearful of horses girl, yeah. I am also because I very much kind of envy yeah. the calm and the sort of like, I mean, I was definitely the anxious child that if someone says now they can sense fear, like even if you weren't afraid before, you're like, <laughs> oh God, now I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm, you mean it's it's common to be afraid? It's, it's normal to be afraid? Uh-huh. Oh, I guess I'm afraid now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just like, I, I think it, it gave me like such an incredible way to um, explore Santa Barbara too, because the yeah. mountains are really beautiful and the beach is really beautiful. Yes. So we would just do like crazy crap. Like we would ride our horses like over train tracks and jump over steel gates. And we were just very, very reckless. And it was was a bad idea but we had a lot of fun you really did it i mean yeah. everything you're describing i've only seen in movies mm-hmm. so you have now moved right. into the realm of like i put you in the same category as like all of the the girl jumps over the gate and her wind her hair is blowing in the breeze yeah and well they and then she falls connect. off I had, a couple, I, had, I had a couple i had a couple into i was some muddy puddles no into like the hospital like i was uh, in the hospital uh, a couple times broke yeah. your ankle no just concussions just oh, kind of yeah right in your head in the noggin because the thing is when you when you ride horses that nobody wants to ride it's usually for a reason that nobody wants to ride them so there's usually like a little bit of a problem so i like rode a lot of problem horses growing up do you have a favorite i know that it's hard to pick i do i totally have a favorite yeah i have a favorite so i had ridden like very very sort of like um damaged emotionally challenged horses (laughs) my entire life seriously make me want to cry i know i'm a little raw right now but that's adorable yeah but so but so the thing was that it was always really hard you know it was always like I had a horse that really was had been deemed dangerous and nobody wanted to ride it but I was the person who was gonna like you know like get it get the horse there or like work through it or train the horse or you know what I mean or like have the relationship that nobody had ever had with the horse so every relationship I had ever had had been really really hard like I just have I just had ridden like very very challenging horses with like some success but a lot of injuries and all that stuff and then um I actually, it was after I quit The Bachelor and had this, I I think a nervous breakdown might be a bit of an overstatement, but I had like a fairly significant life breakdown. Um, Which I don't even know how we, like, how do we, like, do you have to be hospitalized for it to be a nervous breakdown? I I don't don't think so. I think it's, that's gotta be subjective. Like if for you, you were like, I've never felt quite like this before. Like this is a real reckoning point for me. Yeah, yeah, You're like probably a nervous breakdown. Yeah, like I was in my mid twenties, like lying under my mom's piano, sobbing. Yeah, like, fair like, enough. Yeah, couldn't do it. So I actually went back to the place that I had grown up riding up, and I said, like, Hey, I'm just in a really weird place in my life. Are there any horses I could ride? And <laughs> so I want to read this children's book. Okay, I want to well, read this young adult girl's book. Well, I want to tell you the story because it's like this is this is one that is really near and dear to my heart, which is that. Um, so I, yeah, so I went back and I said, I'm just and so like that nervous breakdown is sort of what the show Unreal is based on. So that was like this very low point in my life. And um, so I went back and said, are there any horses I could ride? And she and the woman that I used to ride with said, um, there's some horse named Dance. I think he's like headed to the slaughter because he's all Dance. (laughs) Yeah, Dance. And um, he was a big, tall X-race horse. And nobody wanted him because he was like 16, I think, at the time. And um, that was really old for being a jumper and just nobody really cared anymore. And he had been like a great like pack horse for like two girls and they had bailed and gone to college and he was just out in the pasture kind of starving to death. And oh I bought him for a dollar. <laughs> Damn and, right you did. And um, we had this crazy, crazy renaissance together. Like, and he ended up being the, my first ride on him was transformative because it was so, so easy and he loved me right away. Mm. And he, there was so much joy in everything we did and nothing was a battle and he was completely safe. And I had never had that experience. And it was sort of like my ego was a little bit 
challenged because I wasn't showing off by riding a really difficult horse. He was a very easy horse. Rather than just being like, I guess the universe is giving me a break and like giving me this beautiful connection with this horse that I yeah. didn't have to break my back to earn. Yeah. And I just, and I didn't really know what to do with it. Mm. But so he gave me just like the rides of my life. Like, I mean, I would, I've had experiences on that horse or I had experiences on that horse that I just felt like I was like actually flying through the universe. Like he was so joyful in everything he did. I like, you know, put put like 200 pounds on him. He like became all glowing and gorgeous. We competed in a big jumping event and some girl approached us and tried to buy him and asked if he was European. <laughs> and I was like, he's not, he's not European. Cause, cause like fancy people import their horses. That's like, a, yeah. So she was like, is he imported? And I was like off the trash heap. Um, anyway, so we had this beautiful and he sort of healed me completely. Like it like helped me move on to the next phase of my life. And, um, I, you know, had a beautiful, beautiful time with him and was with him when we put him down and it was so hard and held his head in my lap while he passed away. And it was super intense. And I've never had a relationship with a horse like that before Yeah, where it was just like easy. It was just, and it was super, super fun. And I took really good care of him and he took really good care of me. Dance. Dance. Is there a place that you go when you're home to like remember him? Is there sort of where that's is so he- <laughs> it's an interesting question. So um so the other thing that happened is that I um after the after having the breakdown decided to move to Portland mm-hmm. sort of to recover and it was part of how I got out of my contract with the bachelor, um, was like leaving the state. So that I was right. no, Yeah, so I was like no longer in like a non compete situation. Yeah. Um so um, I wasn't actually going to take dance because I didn't know what I was doing yet up there. And so I left him down in the pasture where he had been, I mean, like with care and everything. Yeah. Um, but, it, uh, I had only been up there a few weeks and I got a phone call and they said, Oh, there was like a crisis at the ranch. The ranch was getting sold or something. And he was like in great danger and was going to be taken to the net, to the slaughterhouse again. And, um, so I sent for him and, and got him moved up to Oregon and so we had a whole like adventure in Oregon. We had, we had, <laughs> we had, amazing. Yeah, I think we had five years together in Oregon. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but when we put him down and it's the, it's the first horse I've ever had to put down and um, it's like a physically very intense experience. It's very, 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 very intense because they're huge animals. Sarah, I cannot even yeah. wrap my head around it. I it totally was, get that. Yeah. So, and this is like my soulmate animal. So um, when... Anyway, when they were about to bury him, um, they just sort of asked, like, do you want like a memento or anything? And without even thinking, I cut off his tail. I mean, not like his, I just like cut off the hair of his tail. And I was so confused about why I had done that. I didn't know what I was doing with it. It felt really gross. It felt like violating, but I was like, I can't just like let him be buried in the ground at this random stable where he happened to have, you know, be. And, um, so I drove like three hours, like from the stable straight up the mountain to the, to the base of Mount hood, the base of a glacier and, um, found a tree that was like facing my favorite view of Mount hood and tied his tree, his tail to the tree. And so he's, Oh my God, I'm going to cry. So now he's sorry. I'm like, no, totally I'm totally crying. crying. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fine. He's so, but so now I feel like he's just like running wild in the mountains, like his whole, Beautiful. for the rest of his life. And Beautiful. I was there three weeks ago. And I hiked up in the snow. It was snowing, and I found the tree, and it's still hanging there. Ugh. And that it's been Wonderful. there. It's been there for nine years. Wonderful. Yeah, and nobody's moved it, which I can't believe. You know, it's like right. It's like anyways. It's like right in in the national forest. And um, so I sat with his tail and um, lit some candles and 
Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah, and he's he's like the best thing that ever happened to me. I love him so much. Is there uh do you ride at all anymore or is it sort of like that was That was it. Yeah, yeah. it's funny. It's funny that you would know that. Yeah, cuz I I've tried but just nothing compares. Like I don't think I will ever have that experience again. I um it's it's And maybe you don't need to. Like that's yeah. the other question is like if yeah. it feels important again, maybe that will like manifest itself in some yeah. new way, but yeah then, or if then you know and it also then. feels like such a specific and important relationship that i wouldn't take it casually so it's like i sort of feel like i wouldn't do it again unless i was committing to another horse absolutely yeah so yeah you're not gonna like head over to like sunset ranch or I mean, whatever. I have. I, yeah it doesn't feel good it doesn't yeah. feel right no. yeah the I, these yeah. guys know but the most i've been able to do with that yeah because i haven't been on horse since i almost got thrown off the side of a mountain when yeah. i was little um I but I love them I love mm. horses so just yeah. going and being like can I just I'm gonna and yeah. they're really nice about letting you pet them and feed them stuff and yeah. whatnot but but I would like to eventually you know get up on one but I can't imagine yeah going from that kind of profound experience to like something that feels very fleeting and very like yeah I'll just try this on for an hour you know what I mean yeah it That's doesn't feel good just to totally me. different yeah now this is a totally gross segue, but I do want to ask because of the because the way you described it was so um, intuitive and kind of concise and and a way that most of us think about our our interpersonal relationships in terms of like seeking out those challenges and you know getting used to this sort of scenario where you ha- you sort of win. Oh, you have to like, because that's, I mean, that, not dissimilar to my experience with her. He was just like easy from the beginning. Yeah. And having her when she, adopting her when she was four and not knowing where she came from and like really having to like oh, wow. break her as a husky. Yeah. The bond I have with her is so different because it feels fierce and earned yeah. in a really weird way. But is that something like does were your relationships with people? Did you find a pair? Was there a parallel? Were friendship like were your friendships difficult, or was that the place that that stuff kind of appeared? And and your interpersonal relationships were more just sort of easy and fluid. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I feel like it's like the it's sort of the parable for my entire life that I continue to like live and relive all the time, which is the bachelor uh, for, for work. Yeah. That doesn't sound like it, you know, awful. very easy. <laughs> awful. Yeah. So it was sort of like, and it was, and it was this really weird thing about putting myself in situations I don't actually need to be in and proving myself to people I don't even care about. Like that's, that's something that just happens over and over again. Um, And I think also like there's a big part of workaholism, which is like a lot of what the show Unreal is about is workaholism in me, but in other people that I know. But I feel like it's just a really great way to avoid your own life. Absolutely. Um, and so I think what I had sort of been doing was like filling every inch of my time with shit I didn't care. Sorry. I don't know if we can cut. Absolutely. You can. Uh, okay. I'm all like, cause I long. have a horrible yeah, potty mouth. All um, day long. Me too. Yeah. Okay. Um, but like, so yeah, filling every, every crack an inch of my life with stuff I didn't care about so that I wouldn't have to feel my life yeah. at all. And, um, and yeah, and my relationship with dance sort of taught me like there can be joy. Yeah. Like it's not even, you know, there was, I, I bought them for a dollar. It wasn't like I saved up all my money. And right. I bought a super fancy horse. It was like, I just asked for what I needed and I found something that worked. Yeah. And I think that it was like a humble thing that I found. It wasn't a fancy thing that I found. And so I feel like that lesson has just, just occurred over and over again in my life. And I think it's a big maturation point for a lot of people to realize things don't need to be that hard. Mm-hmm. And that it's not just the wild horses that are worth having, you know, it's like, listen to you. God oh. damn. Yeah. But I think in like <sighs> in my romantic relationships too, I think it was about like, 
you know, there's always that person that you feel like was a conquest or, or you can't believe you're dating this person or, you know, you always want what you can't have. But then sometimes it's just about like, you know, what I actually want to be loved and acknowledged and yeah. like have like a normal, yeah. yeah, normal relationship. But, um, yeah, he taught me so much. Yeah. Yeah. He taught me so much. What, what was the, now because we were sort of getting into talking about the climate of Santa Barbara, having these sort of very different Mm -hmm. echelons and pockets in them. And so you can have your like very sort of bougie, Mm -hmm. you know, um, like wine and cheese, perhaps more about status than about wine and cheese being delicious, you know, that sort of, that sort of world. And then I think you do have people like your parents who are drawn to a community by the water that's outside of, you know, it's sort of like Ojai adjacent. It's that kind of vibe. It's like, yeah, we have, we have some money, but like we're, we don't necessarily flaunt it or feel great about it. And, you know, there's that sort of hippie, like that kind of liberal mm-hmm. sensibility. Um, what was your, as an adolescent, when we are so kind of fragile and vulnerable in that way, what was your experience like being in, in, a, in a school full of kids who maybe had, you know, were touched by all of that different stuff or was it a a safe environment? Was it a toxic one? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like the project that I'm um, working on right now, or actually <clears throat> getting ready to pitch, is. I have something in my throat. It's probably dog hair, to be honest <laughs> with you. It's really floating around today. Um, the project that I'm sort of getting ready to pitch is actually based on Santa, Santa Barbara High. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, and it is because of the intersectionality of that school being so fascinating. Um, it's like has. It, it services that high school services one of the richest zip codes in the nation and then like a very impoverished zip code mm-hmm. and the school is basically segregated like white and Latino like it's just two different schools like like AP classes are like code word for like white classes wow. and um, you know general ed is like code word for like brown classes and I uh, got involved in a movement called Mecha which is like a brown pride Chicano pride movement but I'm like a full fully a white girl and um, I uh befriended a couple of people on that group and they just asked me to come help um, with the school board initiative they were working on. And then I got nominated for vice president and I was elected vice president of Metro, which was all very confusing. And then, um, and we were just sort of like innocent high school kids thinking like, this is cool. We're friends. We're helping each other. And the, the board or like the Metro board came and visited the class and he just reamed me out, reamed them oh. out. And he was like, no, this is a, it was an important lesson for me. He was sort of like, what the hell are you guys doing? Letting a white girl like run your organization. This is not, this is like totally inappropriate. But then he sort of went after me and he was like, you're going to have to beg to walk on our streets and go to our schools. And there was it. So I learned a really important lesson through all of that, which is sort of like it's, if it's not your story to tell, like you shouldn't be the face of an organization. There's a different way to be an ally. But I I learned it in a very immediate way. And so I'm I'm kind of obsessed with the intersection of all of the different communities in Santa Barbara um, because there's also like a very like impoverished hippie mountain people mm-hmm. sector mm-hmm. that like sort of came in the 50s and they built these, um, they're like, uh, unpermitted structures up in the mountains. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of magic in that place. Yeah. And I'm also really interested in what happens when a place is that beautiful and that magical and people get their claws into it. Yeah. And everybody's sort of, sort of fighting over the beauty of that place. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, just to go back to the, the, the group too, because that's something, is that, 
I'm trying to think. Was it? Was it the? It was it. Show me a hero. Did you see that one? The Oscar Isaac was. Uh, it was another. Um, oh yeah, it was David a, Simon yeah. uh, about affordable housing yeah, yeah. and condos versus yeah. huge, you know, tall structures and and yeah. ghettos and stuff like that. Um, but that's something. And then it's certainly something that comes up in like whatever cultural liberal yeah. podcast I listen to, like Radio Lab or or This American Life, yeah. is that 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 does come up uh, to your point over and over again, which is like coming in and being a, a loud voice in a community that you don't physically embody and that like very tricky thing where it's like oh really so it took a white voice to yeah. get us heard or you yeah. know and, that's and it. it's like the intention is so good but it's but really it's very very complicated very yeah very complicated. it's really complicated I mean and that was sort of what happened is that I, I did speak to the school board and um, on behalf of like we were trying to get Chicano studies passed as a class at Santa Barbara High and um, like I was a kid that was raised by a professor and like always, you know, taught to be super articulate and I had been like doing public speaking since I was like eight. Um, and so I, I was sort of instrumental and helpful in getting Chicano studies passed, but that was really problematic. Like the fact that they felt like they needed to have me represent them to get it passed was like a whole thing. And I, I feel like that um, lesson has come up for me over and over again yeah. in my life. And even like now on Unreal, it came up. So I think that... Uh, oh, yeah? Do you mind expounding on that? Um, yeah, not at all. I So the second season of Unreal, we had um, a black suitor was what we called The Bachelor, basically. And um, I had been really passionate about doing that with the show um, since selling the show uh, because the bachelor had never done it themselves. They right. never had a black bachelor and it was something that I was super interested in exploring, but I also knew from all of like all of these experiences in my life that that was potentially very problematic for a show created by a white feminist to be talking about like, you know, issues of like African American, African American sort of romance and love and yeah. desirability and media yeah. representation. Um, and so, uh, we ended up going ahead and doing it. There were a couple African-American writers in our writer's room that got leaned on really heavily, which is like problematic in and of itself. Um, and leaned on to talk about their experiences, yeah, yeah. give insight into the characters. Like you're going to, yeah, you'll, like you're, you're, the, you're okay. like the black consultant. Right, yeah. Right, I mean, right. but like, and, and one of them was a writer who'd been on since season one, who I just admire so much. And, you know, we're still really good friends. She's been on the show forever. Um, but, you know, I think the season totally stressed her out. Like, I kind of asked permission before we started. Like, I was like, you're going to get leaned on a lot. Right, right, right. But the truth is, um, it was a show um, where, like, I really don't have final cut and I don't even really have final say on the scripts. It's at a network that, you know, is pretty involved in the process. And mm. um, we had a lot of... Uh, we had a lot of cooks in the kitchen that season and there were some decisions that got made that just like ended up having a huge backlash in the press. And, um, and they were frustrating because they were things that I, that I wouldn't have approved that sort of happened. Uh, but at the same time, I think the whole situation was pretty problematic, but the flip side of it is that then the bachelor ended up, I think, partially from feeling the pressure from the show they ended up having their first black bachelorette it's god that's yeah so yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a double-edged it's, sword for sure it's loaded it's just yeah. loaded yeah and bad yeah and i'm like a really ardent feminist and so one thing that i feel like is comparable and has helped me understand that is is how annoying and fucking enraging it can be when men are sort of like i'm a feminist and they start taking up a lot of space and talking about how they're a feminist and their experience and lecturing you on being a feminist you yeah. know and so like that feels like the apropos 
poe example for me to understand a little bit like the intersection of all of those things. Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, Jill Soloway, who I know a little bit, um, you know, is going through a similar thing on transparent right now of having, um, represented a community that, uh, wasn't hundred percent sure that's how they wanted to be represented because they didn't necessarily want a straight man playing a trans person. Um, but I think undeniably it moved the conversation forward in the country. Well, that's the thing, right? We're just at this very interesting time. And I've talked about a little bit before, but yeah, just, I'm, it's that, it's that time when we're so, things are totally fucked up and I'm not for a second saying like, we got it all figured out, everybody. We got a great president. We got a, like, let's salute America. But to be in a place now where we can kind of parse out small, like, I don't want to say smaller because they're massively important, particularly to the people that are most affected or most reflected back to society or what have you. But we're also in a place where, to your point, like, it's, it's exciting and scary that we're even able to have this conversation. And so it is so much of it is like, like, like when, when, when is my time to speak and when is my time to listen? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you might be the person in a room who does need to be the loud voice. And it might be in that case that there isn't anyone else who's closer to the meat of what's being said. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm the, the advocate for a trans, you know, in lieu of my cousin who's trans when he can't be in a room filled with people who don't like trans, you know what I mean? But like when I'm in a room full of them, when do I sit back and just listen and absorb and appreciate and respect and understand? Mm -hmm. And I do feel like it's best, you know, people like Matt Damon, you know, putting their foot in it over and over again because people like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up don't be loud right now. Just don't be loud right now. You know, there's just so much of that. And I think so much of that is a reflection of like those of us who do feel like we want to contribute and we want to be progressive in the truest sense of the word, wanting and and being excited and being loud about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think like, calm down. Calm down, Janet. You don't have to like sing to the heavens right now. Yeah. And buddy. I think the thing that that um, the experience on Unreal definitely um, opened my eyes to is just examining the privilege of that a little bit more of being like, I want to be progressive because I want to have the feeling of being progressive or I want to have the identity of being progressive or I want people to think I'm progressive. And that that in in and of itself is so privileged. I just think that's so... But I'm so impressed. Listen, you're getting it anyway because now your willingness to talk about that to me still makes you a hero. So thank you. Even when we're able to talk about like, Oh, my intention was this, this is what ended up playing out. I'm very humbled by that. And you know, I learned a lot. That's also really meaningful. And that's also really important because right now our country is being quote unquote run by someone who will never admit that he's wrong. And that's a terrible example to set. Terrible. Don't ever admit anything put it on someone else. Yeah. That's what our kids are going to think. Yeah, it's terrible. So, you know, if anything, like now is a time for as many of us as possible to say like, boy, I was, I was not, I was wrong about that or I was half wrong or I didn't even know there was a right and wrong until I did it. You (laughs) know, I I think I just really didn't know the depth of my privilege. Like, I think I just didn't, I didn't understand like the depth of, yeah, the depth of my entitlement and the depth of my privilege. And, uh, 
I feel really, really differently about it than I did before we did before yeah. we started. Yeah. Do you listen to um, Undisclosed by any chance? I don't think I do. No. It's the. It's the. I feel like I might have heard one, but I don't know. I don't listen to it. It's a. Lot. a it's a. You know, it's it's Robbie Chowdhury who brought uh-huh. Adnan Syed's case to Sarah yeah. Koenig to do serial than they did. These guys are probably so tired of me talking about. Ah, it's been a while since I've talked about it. Uh, I would just say if you're interested. Yeah. Um, one thing I bet you would really enjoy enjoy being like it's painful to listen to but you feel like it's important they did a whole series on the shooting of freddie gray in baltimore Uh and how and just really unpacked all of that as relates to the african-american community versus you know white liberals who are like here let me get my hands in there and there was just some, and a lot of it's like, there are some really tense panels and conversations in it. Um, but I, I felt very, very illuminated by that particular series. So I would say to you, yeah. if you're, you might be really interested. I think you would, of all people, would probably be like, oh shit, this is a, this is a good combo. Like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is really good. And it's infuriating because the the police in that situation, you're like, this is just yeah. gobsmacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there's also like an interesting conversation to be had right now about like like woke white people. Like that's like something that yeah. comes up in my home a lot. Um, uh, you know, my husband is pretty politically active and in the Latino community. And I think for him, there's like a real rub about like woke white people. And I have thought um, a lot about that. And I think it sort of, as far as I can understand his experience of it, it sort of comes back to the same thing of just even taking up the space to call yourself woke is sort of like, right. yeah, fuck you. <laughs> like, right. right. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, you're claiming something that you just can't actually claim because, and, 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 it, but I think it's like, it's uh, scary though. Right. It's scary. Yeah. Be, I think that's a lot of white yeah. guys I know right now are being loud because they're just scared because they don't want to be yeah. whitewashed, so to speak. They don't want to, they yeah. feel like this anxiety of being like, I'm not a bad person, please. Like I, yes. and it's yes. like, yes. you know, we just, and I just keep saying it's growing pains. It's yes. growing pains. Yes. It's, we're growing towards something. We're not, Growing, and progress you know, is not, messy. That's and it's messy. That's something that we talk about in my house. Yeah, it's like progress is really messy. And I and I even had a thing, you know, um, with my husband again. Like during all the when all the Harvey Weinstein stuff was coming out, um, he would come home every night and be like, "Well, what do you think about it? What do you think about it? What do you think about it? Do what do you think? Have you ever had an experience like that? What do you think?" And I was like, "I actually just don't want to talk about it because yeah. I spent all day thinking about it and I don't want to talk about it." And he was like, "Well, why don't you want to talk about it? Like, this is something you care about." And I actually got really tough on him, and I just said, "This is exactly like my choice. It's my choice when I want to talk about it and when I don't." And just because you think it's like intellectually interesting, it's actually personally really painful for me yeah. because I, we've all been through so much of it. Yeah. So like that was another example of sort of like he really learned from that. Like, yeah, like I don't control this conversation. Right. That's kind of the whole takeaway Yeah, is that you don't actually get to have like a fun intellectual banter with me about it yeah. because it makes you feel good. Yeah. And you don't get for me to pat you on the head and say like, but you're a feminist. Like you just kind of have to let me go through it. And that's like, and that's, part of supporting me is yeah. not is not making me talk about it when I don't want to absolutely God, I'm yeah. really getting dinged by this cone it seems like he's doing it on purpose I think um, it's yeah a way of engaging it's a maybe. little it's a little bit like the bull with the horns butting yeah. at me a little bit um so guys Scotty uh had had a lesion in his eye um he got it which one of those things that just happened somehow it could be they scratched on something maybe put his face in a plant when he was on a walk or something um and uh we'd been medicating it to try to um get it to heal which it seemed like it was doing and then all of a sudden months later it ruptured 
So he had to get his left eye removed and that just happened. Um, so thank you for being my guest, uh, during which I out my dog's cyclopean nature. Um, but yeah, so he's, he's just getting used to it. And I think, um, it's as much just about, uh, I mean, I think he is uncomfortable, but, um, it's as much just about like having the cone and kind of you know Mm. feeling like why is this happening to me uh as it is any kind of pain but so yeah so sarah has very very graciously allowed this these dogs to be back in this room and to um he's just has his sort of he's getting into his like oh yeah okay it's like past four o'clock we're getting it's almost (laughs) evening we're getting into like for some reason he's worse at night but um but yeah i really was speaking of like (laughs) Like lessons in, because I don't have kids and I'm absolutely positive that this is one of the reasons I don't is my fear of like being so self-absorbed with my emotion that like I can't stand up and be a good parent because I'm going to be too scared and afraid and sad and worried and empathetic and all that kind of stuff. And so when he came out and he was, you know, he had his, his stitches where his eye used to be, I lost my mind. I had to like run into another room. I was like in a corner, like crying those grief tears where you're like, I can't breathe. I feel like I'm suffocating, not from air, but from this feeling. Yeah, yeah. And just like this, like story I was telling myself, like, I don't think I'm going to be able to look at him. I can't get through this. I can't get through this. And I really had to like take a step back and go like, Really? Like, okay, okay, you're freaking out right now, but like, you're not gonna, like, you're not gonna look at your dog. Like, what, it, like, you're, you're, t- you're tougher than this. You have to be tougher than this. Yeah. But, um, but it, but it definitely sort of was this, it was a real reminder to me of like, yeah, that's, I worry about feeling too much. Yeah. And, you know, and, um, and so I, so it's just been like, it's just been extremely emotional. But, um, part of it, I think, too, with animals is like, it's the whole cliche of, they don't, you can't, you can only communicate a, cer- a certain amount. Yes. And they, and dogs, especially everyone says, it's just like, Oh, it's so simple. Dogs like they're wonderful. Yeah. They love you. They have these simple lives and you just want to be able to. And so having to make a decision on behalf of a creature yes. you can't communicate with where you're like, okay, so I'm in charge here. I don't want to be in charge. I don't want to be in charge of this. I don't want to yeah. be the one responsible. And how long um, until the staples come out? Uh, I think it's going to be like two weeks. That's not too bad. It's not too bad. He's going to have the cone yeah. all all two weeks because I, I, they will get very itchy. Mm. Um, but, you know, they said, you know, they said when they, um, they were like, you better, you know, plan on p- picking him up like a few hours after he gets out of surgery because he's 15. He's an old dog. He's going to come out groggy and it's going to mm. take him while he might not be able to move him for a while. Mm. And within like five minutes after they woke him up, he was like, what's up? What's yeah. going on? Like, like where are we going? going? What's happening? And they were Aww. like, they were like, we seriously have not seen this in a dog older than like three years old. Aww. So, and they said his blood work is like, Amazing. they were like, it felt like they were being pranked. They were like, this can't be his blood work. Oh my God. That's so, so sweet. yeah. So it seems like we're hoping that he's just gonna, you know, he has a little, he has some like arthritis in his hips, but yeah, for the most part, he's just, he's just real tough. So, and that was the other thing I was like, <laughs> I got to be tough because he's tough. Oh, like he's, sweet, yes. you know, he's, mm. he's a champ. So mm. if he keeps showing us that he's healthy enough to want to be around, like mm-hmm. the, the least I can do is just do whatever's going to be the best for him for however, you know, much time he has. But yeah, it's, is still very emotional. And I was thinking about that with, when you were talking about dance and talking about even just the sheer size, I know that's like from a technical 
medical standpoint, it's a huge mm. deal. But also like just, you know, the difference between putting my cat down, who was this tiny thing. There was yes. something about that that was yes. more palatable than like, I remember I came home after that happened and I didn't have her yet. And I looked at him and all I could think was like, he's so much bigger than she oh, is. Like yes. he's, there's more life. It felt like there's more life in him. There's yes. more to him. There's more substance. That's going to be even worse. Like just go right to that yeah. horrible place. Like I mean, the hard thing with animals, right, is that they don't, they, they have much shorter lifespans than we do. So it's yeah. a really, it's like there's sort of built in heartbreak there. Yeah. Built in. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but I think it's, but so, it's would so never worth loving it. them. Would, yeah, yeah, it's so worth loving them. would never change them. anything. Yeah. Um, did, you have, did you have animals in the house aside from you going out and seeking out your tough horses? No, we were not allowed to have animals in the house. My dad is uh, very like clean. It's a very weird combination of things in my house. Like it's like sort of hippie, but very, very clean. And he was not about animals in the house ever. Yeah. So one of the first things I did when I grew up and had my own place was like get cats and let them walk on everything. <laughs> like I was just like, I was like, they can go anywhere. Yeah. So I love yeah. having animals around I would have a lot more animals if I didn't work how I did yeah. I know that's yeah. really hard mm-hmm. there's a lot of like how and and how much of my paycheck will be going towards the where they stay when okay and I like I, right this, now I don't have a college tuition yeah. to pay for so I guess I'll just okay that's okay. cool that's cool um yeah this summer we were just like making our backyard a paradise because we sort of decided we don't want to drive anywhere like last summer we spent a lot it. of time on the 101 and mm-hmm. we were like we're just gonna stay home so um we planted a vegetable garden and we planted um berries to pick and all of this stuff and I was like I'm just gonna go get some chickens Great. and then I but then we were like, wait, 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 hold on just a second. Like, we're like, wait, we're like, we're like, because like, I, and then I, got yeah, I was like, because we were like, we were like putting in our green beans and I was like, oh my God, we're like urban farmers. And I was on Craigslist. Shades I, of your appearance. Yeah, yeah. It's happening all over again. Yep. And I was like on Craigslist and I'm like, oh my God, there's laying hens in North Hollywood for $15. I'm going to go get him. And my, and he was just like, where are we going to put them? <laughs> he was like, what are you You're talking? Like, on the roof, of course. I was like, what do you mean? They can just roost in the trees. And he was uh, like, no, they would die. What are uh, you talking? So I was like, and we can get a goat because we're like goat milk. And he was just like, slow down, dude. Uh-huh. So yeah. <laughs> so yes. But it's addictive. I mean, oh, I think yeah. that's like sort of, you know, living near Griffith Park for me too is just, uh, you really know Why wouldn't you want to be? It makes a difference. Yeah. It's like just seeing coyotes yes. makes me feel grounded in yes. a way you know and yes. and it's never gotten less special to see deer and seeing red tail hawk like all yeah. all the little things that are like the most common to this area it still feels so important and it feels yeah and i could absolutely see that like we definitely had the conversation where we were like are we beekeepers like do we need to be yes beekeepers? you are <laughs> right. we're like okay well are we though because we're gone all the time all the like, time wait yes. hold on <laughs> But uh, but I absolutely and yeah same with like I keep thinking like oh vegetables yeah vegetables and and we're still in the space where like any area our dogs will just shit and pee everywhere like yeah, right. we just haven't yeah. gotten past like okay where would we build like there would have to be fences uh-huh. it's a project this is we're really talking about and that was that now. was also like um, we got into like well yeah we're saving money and then I like read something about like the ninety nine dollar tomato like it's like you're totally not it's so <laughs> it's so it's like so insanely expensive to grow food at home uh, yeah, yeah yeah and so when uh, just to return to high school for a second what um because that's a great place to return it's to great, it's always <laughs> a great place awesome. to return to what uh, aside Aside from uh, your uh, social work, yeah. shall we say, yeah. what were you what were you excited about? What were you passionate about? Did you have like movies and TV that mm-hmm. you just swallowed up, or 
Yeah, I was really into like witchcraft and love it. <laughs> yeah. Love everything I'm hearing. Um, I was like a super hippie. Like I ran around the mountains with like my coven of witches, right. and it was really fun. Um, and I was sort of becoming a cinephile at that point. Like I figured out I wanted to be a director at 16, so I was into all like the really corny stuff, like Truffaut and Godard, and like I was just watching. They, we had a great little art house cinema in Santa Barbara, like in a beautiful old building, and I would like go see movies, and so I was into that. And um, I was weirdly obsessed with Northern Exposure. I was like the president of the Santa Barbara Northern Exposure fan club. Good to know there was one. Which was, uh, there were two one. members and it was like really, really nerdy. Um, I just, I was super into Twin Peaks and I remember. I was into Twin Peaks too. I remember, well, my whole thing was like, someone gave me the impression you couldn't like both. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was some kind of thing where. Oh, Northern Exposure and Twin yeah, Peaks? Oh, they I were like, oh, Twin Peaks is, a, yeah. Northern Exposure is a ripoff of Twin Peaks. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll never watch it. And then I watched it years later and I was like, this is charming. Yeah, like, why wouldn't I, other. I would have loved to watch this show why yeah. did I listen to that snob I know yeah yeah Twin Peaks was a big one too that was really pretty life-changing I love David Lynch um but yeah so I was like into that kind of stuff yeah and and riding my horse listen yeah. this the the art house I mean that basically so much of what you're saying it does feel like it's it's it it it, it goes beyond privilege because I, I mean, and I and I absolutely understand and I, I had my own type of privilege as well I mean although my I definitely would like got food stamps with my mom at certain points, but definitely like feeling like those things that you can do. And I do count witchcraft among them. Yeah. Things that you can do that actually don't have to cost anything, but are these sort of wide, big concepts that younger people, like I'm so glad I went through a goth goth phase because, Oh, big time where it feels like it just feels there's just like, layers to my experience that I'm so grateful for yeah whether or not they're you know things that like I needed to hold on to forever or not they're just like sometimes those extremes or mm-hmm. you know and I totally went through that phase too where it's like my roommate and I were like every single indie art movie we can possibly Everything. rent on videotape oh, yeah. <laughs> we are going to bring home and like I am curious yellow it was an amazing movie yeah. like just every <laughs> all of those and and yeah. seeing how like trying on all those different things kind of you know get in there and like who knows the ways that they come out some of them are very direct and some of them might be like really indirect yeah it's really interesting like I feel like in Santa Barbara I felt like such like a weird art art kid like I was like I'm the weirdest artist like you know what I mean like nobody understands me and then I went to um, college at Sarah Lawrence which is in New York and I was like the most well-adjusted like I was just like I was like friendly and like ate health food and like knew how to get along with people I was like oh these are genuine weirdos who grew up like in Manhattan you know Um, yeah that is a mystery to me that like New York stuff yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember talking to Zandi Hardig is one of the main people that I remember talking to where I was like oh god that's just a different Different. it feels like a different country for sure for sure a different country absolutely you take it and you put it on the east coast and then you take like the fact that people like went to Spence beforehand yeah. do yeah. I have that right that's right yeah. yep Spence and Choate yeah whole, that whole culture mm-hmm. was like the absolute and complete opposite of like you know yeah, yeah, yeah. school in and Arizona totally and I think like Santa Barbara money is one thing but like old old East Coast money is a totally different yeah, thing like, people I was, who move from Santa Barbara they, everybody yeah. gets snubbed <laughs> yeah. they'd be looking they'd be like oh Santa Barbara but it's just also like yeah just a different level of sort of everything and so that was like a that was a nice wake up call but I think like you're saying you try on all these hats and then you figure out like actually no like I kind of want to be happy 
happy and like I like, yeah. I like the outdoors. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you like yeah. now when you say witchcraft was like full on Wicca, like were you sort of I mean we were not like good at it, but we were Did you I have mean, spells? Yeah, and stuff yeah, like that? we met, we messed around with stuff, That's but we great. were mainly like we really spent a lot of time in the mountains. So it was a lot of like, you know, calling the cir- calling the directions in a mountain grove of laurels you know like, sure, sure. we had a lot of like we had a cave that we went to a lot there's a little cave up in the mountains of Santa Barbara um and it was yeah it was sort of just about like being like wild feministy magic people yeah that was like what we thought we were I guess do you look at any of the stuff you did then and go like well that wasn't safe or yeah. does it oh, all feel god. pretty oh, safe oh my god it's a nightmare when I even think about, for me when I look oh, back I'm like it's a nightmare what happened to the like how could I have been that? Because I hated, I was so afraid of spiders, for example, in my house. Yeah. And yet I would like walk barefoot in the middle of the night in the desert. Yeah. When all of the nocturnal poisonous creatures are out. But yeah. for some reason, I didn't apply the same logic when I was like being magical and, and having adventures. Yeah. Oh, my God. I There's stuff that we did that I just like, I I am so sorry to my parents. I would like to apologize. <laughs> I would like to apologize. I can't. I were they can't aware enough no. that they were stressed out? I think, or no, I think more, they were like, more like, hey, what denial. you don't know now, yeah. it's all over. I'm safe. And yeah, it was, yeah. Aw- I mean, awful. Like there was a place in the back, sort of like behind the Santa Barbara mountains called Red Rock where everybody goes to swim. And it's like a beautiful red stone pool, whatever that kids die at every summer <laughs> um, with like, you know, it's like got like a hundred foot rock that everybody yeah. jumps off into like a little tiny pool. Oh. And, um, you know, just like everybody goes and gets bombed uh-huh. and like driving back over San Marcos Pass, which is like one of the most treacherous drives yeah. in the world um like i mean with some dude who was just like blasted out of his mind Ugh. i mean like really yeah. stupid stuff that, that i knew better you know yeah yeah it's so hard to being i think you have the kind of parent who didn't do anything like that yeah. and may or may not be anxious about their kids being like that but don't you think it's almost maybe worse to be the person who did because then you really know yes. like this yes. is probably happening right now yes are you worried about that i think you're seven terrifying. month old you have I plenty mean, of time oh my god well i the thing is it's funny i was um i was speaking at something yesterday and i got a question somebody was like well can you talk about being like a mom in the industry and i was so confused I was like what I don't even feel like a mom like for a second yeah and, like some, I was like I was like I was like something came out of my body I was like I don't really know um so I'm like really adjusting to the idea of him actually like ever growing up and being a person um, Fair enough. but yeah I I definitely think about that and I think that um you know Santa Barbara and probably Arizona too there's like not a lot going on in the town and so like making your own fun oh, as yes. a teenager is freaking terrifying absolutely. when you think about it absolutely yeah absolutely yeah Ay-yi-yi. bad thing uh, I know and then when I talk about it because I do have a lot of young listeners and so it's I have that relationship to my own past where I don't want to be preachy because I feel like people are gonna do what they're gonna do I had people telling me to do and to not do things yeah. and I listened sometimes and didn't other times yeah and I made it through but I would also never want someone to be never. like anyway I dropped asked when I was 13 because Janet did no so uh, you know it's sort of I've sort of flipped back and forth between being like again I would not encourage that it's uh yeah no, not necessarily I'm, a thing you should do I think it's awful like I like I really if anything if I could go back I wish someone had protected my innocence a little bit more like it was it just didn't need to happen I was yeah. like there were there I was like there were a lot of things that didn't need to happen and Ugh. we had one family friend who just told me she's like look you're gonna drink you're gonna smoke pot like you're she's like you won't call your parents you're gonna call me but never get in a car with a drunk driver so like I had that person right and, and she was and it was real she was like a safe person yeah, yeah. Um, and I still did like the worst thing you can do you know yeah. Yeah. because like you're up in the mountains and what are you gonna do and he's really hot and like <laughs> I know I you know? know it's really bad it's really hard to yeah I, I don't know how you instill 
logic or yeah fe- like fear or prudence well, this, in a t- young person i just don't know yeah i mean like look at my nephews and stuff who are sort of teenage now um like i think this generation is really different than we were though because i feel like they are much um more interested in being like well-adjusted and happy than being weirdos uh-huh. like i feel <laughs> like i feel like we you know in the 90s and and i don't know when you were in, in high school but like um but it was the economy was great. The culture, like everything, was very stable. Um, and so, so we all, had time. To yeah, be like, we had time. Hold on, I got to mope. Exactly. I'm saying, like, you know, like things have to be pretty good for people to have enough fucking time to like go be an asshole. Yeah. Because like when you're struggling just to survive, it's very different. And so I think like post 9/11, like kids are much more like I want to be safe. I want to be close to my parents. Mm-hmm. I want to get into a good school. Interesting. The economy is so scary now that I yeah. think for them they're like I don't want to fuck up. I don't want that on my resume. I don't want to not get into college if something mm-hmm. bad happens. Yeah, that makes sense. That's the vibe that I really feel from younger generations. So I don't know what the statistics are, but it feels like there's less partying happening. And also, like, it's just going to be so, I mean, this is the most boring thing anyone's ever said, but it's really going to be interesting in like 25 years to see what the internet, to see, you know, we're like, okay, we've got like a good chunk of time behind us from the inception of the internet. Like, let's all take a look back. Let's do some pretty amazing studies and just sort of like see what that looks like. Yeah. 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 Both good and bad, you know, Mm -hmm. but I do feel like, yeah, from the people I know, even like in our writer's room, like the assistants and the younger people, I think they had a lot less interested in like getting fucked up in high school. Like I think that they were like, the world's really scary and hard and I need to like get my shit together and get into college. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Yeah, that totally okay. makes sense. It yeah. totally makes sense. Okay, I want to get into this mash game. Let's do it. Uh, let's do. Okay, I was not ready for it, even though I knew it was coming. I'm not ready for it. That's the best way to do it. Okay. It's the best way to do it. Uh, I apologize in advance for any regrets you may have later. Okay. Good. Um, okay. So let's do first category. Let's do three places that you have. This isn't just a vacation home. This is three places where you have your Wiccan retreat. Ooh. So it should be a place anywhere in the world that you can, that, that oh. feeds that. This is easy. Okay. Kauai. <laughs> um, Alaska. Great. I'm going to say Tofino. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, next one, let's do three, let's do three modes of travel. It could be, and it can be as absurd and magical as you want, um, scientifically baseless, or it can be as simple as like just a bicycle, but I never get tired. Three ways that it would be amazing to get wherever you want it to be. Okay. Flying horse. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, time travel teleportation. I mean, you know, I came up with this based on your description of riding dance, right? I was like, oh, okay. I want to like harken back to that. Like, actually, of, like, like actually it would be universe. dance. Like yeah. flying horses dance. Dance. Great. So like dance back from the dead. Great. Flying through the universe oh. like a torpedo. I love that. I absolutely love that. That's exactly why I did it. Yes. Um, Great. Yes. And then some sort of like skis like you're skiing everywhere all the time no i've never been on a pair of skis in my life oh god it's really fun skiing it's really i'm really bad at it it's super fun i'm i'm too scared now i'm too i think i might be like the window no no you're good you're good like just go on the bunny slope yeah like so my whole thing is like i just like dominate the bunny slope until people are like yelling at me and i (laughs) 
like, yeah, they're like, get off the slope, lady. This is for kids. And, and listen to Enya really loud on, on like, I am um, I mean, earbuds. I could. This so is like, sail away, still... sail away, sail away, yeah. like down the bunny slope with like kids like screaming and getting out of the way. Oh, that's amazing. And you just feel like such a like fucking baller because you're like crushing <laughs> I it. Love it. <laughs> you have sold me on it in a way no one else ever has. No, I'm serious. Just, just slam the bunny slope. Just... And I'm also very interested because the Enya yeah. thing, I have not, I mean, I, she was very important to me in high school. Me too and witchy, very witchy. I, and very witchy mm-hmm. and she is consistently a new york times crossword puzzle clue because e n y a are oh. very handy letters oh so she's just like around all the time and i yeah. have felt it Except coming she's actually not it. around she's locked in a castle with cats she's locked in her cat castle <laughs> but i have just been thinking like she's trying to communicate to me that through this crossword puzzle that i need to start listening to her again yeah 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 but i think it's like there are very few you know really really transportive experiences and i feel like being on skis with children running from you with like (laughs) with like enya with enya blasting in your ears at like a really beautiful ski resort like pick some place great and just ruin their bunny slope I'm in. Great. I'm absolutely in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, three. Let's get this. Let's get into it right now because I'm staring, looking at that almond butter, thinking about how much I love the nut butter family. Mm-hmm. Three foods that uh, have zero ramifications in, in this universe. Um, oh, my God. Creme brulee. Great. How do you feel about like creme brulee adjacent stuff like flan or... Uh, you know, like a, the the puddings. Um, you know, I don't. I love a bread pudding. Like I love a good bread pudding. Having lived in Portland for a handful of years, like the food up there is so so incredible that oh, I have nice. had some really outstanding like bread puddings. But I probably wouldn't venture in that direction unless yeah. I was like confident yeah. in where I was. And flan um, is beautiful. So I think all of those things are very very good. Um, I would say like a good steak, like zero ramifications animal yeah. wise. Like yeah. no like no done. no harm, harm done. done. Like I would do like a beautiful steak. Um, and then I would just say like a mountain of mashed potatoes. Great. great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like when I, when I'm indulging in carbs, I, so I lean so hard into bread and corn products, um, that I've kind of abandoned, like I have, I've really neglected potatoes. Don't neglect them. I know. They're ready for you. I know. There's so many kinds of potatoes. That's what I we've, we've really figured know. that out lately. I got really obsessed with potatoes when I was pregnant. So oh yeah! Oh yeah! So they were lo- just doing it for you. Oh yeah! What, a lot of potatoes. What, what mashed potatoes specifically? What was no, no, no. The other I, stuff I just really can't like... eat dairy, so like no mashed potatoes. Um, oh, well, you can. Mm, yeah, no, there's vegan not. Mashed, like, mm, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just like a really, really good baked potato. But there's also you know like red fingerlings and Yukon Golds, and then there's the pur- Dutch. I, like I think I like a purple potato. A purple I feel potato like is delicious. They really taste different. The starch, yeah. the starch content is really different, yeah. and like the chemistry of each potato is really different. Yeah, yeah. I don't oh, really God. think they're that good for you. They're not. Really. I mean, I guess they're probably not. They're not. I but think like, they might again, be better than bread, right? I, th- I oh, they're I a vegetable. Think anything that's well, and vegetable. anything that's more that's less processed, yeah. which is what I tell myself that like I eat. Uh, I mean, I have like I'm so careful to avoid anything with corn syrup in it. Yeah. So like I have no like that kind of yeah. complex sugar in my diet at all. Yeah. But like I will eat puffed corn, popcorn, <laughs> corn flakes, like corn with nothing else, just yeah. the way they made it. Yeah. I will do forever. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I so into corn? When did this happen? <laughs> I think it's the American diet. Oh, I'm a little freaked out by it. Because same thing. It's like, mm, it's not that good for you. It's like, not that good for you. But if it's less processed. I mean, like, I how about a corn on the cob? 
great. Great, right? We got a, we got a corn on the cob sitting in the fridge that we cooked yeah. up and didn't have room to eat. Oh, and so good. it's just waiting there. Yeah. Juicy as all get out. We oh, smoked yeah. it. Oh, smoke smoked it. corn on the cob. Yeah. Smoke it. Yeah. Smoke it. Ugh. Yeah. Give it good. to me. Okay, oh. great. Uh, next category, let's do let's do the uh let's do the element. It's usually I would do like maybe a room in your house that is sort of has this kind of Harry Potter element where it's like it doesn't matter how big or small it is, it's just like in another dimension. So you mm. can have whatever. But I'm gonna expand that out. So it could be mm. do you have a chicken coop? Do you have a stable? Do you have like what what Fair. on your property, like okay. magical property mm. where you yeah. can full on horse stable, hundred percent jumping arena great um then i would do like a crystal cave uh amazing <laughs> on the property uh amazing mm-hmm. and a waterfall oh god i've this is you just blew my mind with this new category but i gotta, I, but I gotta I, do outside yeah, magic but i kind yard. of think like i kind of think like a crystal cave under a waterfall so i don't know if that's I, both we'll just go Ooh, mm. yeah yeah above, like like above you have ground and under but like you have to like go through the waterfall to get into the cave uh, hell yeah you do <laughs> Damn, woman. You know there's one of those in Hawaii. I Kauai. do, but I've never been there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been to Hawaii, but I have never been to Kauai. Kauai is important. Oh, I gotta go. It's also not ours. Uh, do you know? Because that was exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. I was gonna say, but I have very complicated feelings about I Hawaii. Have very complicated I feel feelings. Real weird every I time too. I go. I do too. <sighs> and we should feel weird. And Kauai, especially, really doesn't want us there. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. Okay. Uh, all right. Next category. Let's do three. Uh, let's do three movies that you can jump mm-hmm. into and just hang out in. It's not you're not reliving the plot. You're not a character there. You're just with all the characters are in that world. Mm-hmm. The piano. Great. Maybe. Breathless, sort of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like whatever I just, part of breathless. Yeah, you but I would just hang like, out there just to sort of be in that world. You yeah, know? like um, be around, be in that world. And I think of one more. I'm trying to think of like a real one that I would actually like hang out in. It's okay. I'll, I'll spend the time that, thinking about how loud my water bottle was. Yeah, like, why don't you think about that? Water. I'll just I'll, yeah, great, I'll think great. About, I'll think about another one that I really, really here love. it is. <laughs> I mean, that is really just loud. very loud. Yeah, it is. It's really like drinking loud. out of a maraca. It's really loud. Blue velvet, kind of, but like, yeah, I would say blue velvet, but like, I don't really want to be there a lot, but I would be there just yeah, to be there. Yeah. I get it. I, I mean, that's yeah. kind of a, that's a sort of a David Lynch yeah, of it all, isn't yeah, it? It is. Um, yeah, there was a time when I like, I just wanted my life to be wild at heart. I yeah. just wanted that. And I look back and I'm like, I mean, that's a weird life. <laughs> why do I want, like, why do I want Cheryl and Fenn to have like her brains coming out of her hair? You don't. That's terrible. Yeah, you don't. It's weird. It's like I was so into Blue Velvet when I was like 16, and my dad was really disturbed. And I was like, why? I was like, it's already. And now I'm like, oh my god, if my 16 year old daughter was watching this, I would like die. It's I know. Awful. Well, awful. this isn't. This is a. This is not even an open secret. But like, I was absolutely like, I don't know why I'm not married to Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> oh my god. 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 Because I was betrayed by his brilliant performance yes. it was like the performance is so amazing. good and i haven't seen that in so many years and we put it on the other day because i was like i wonder if i still know like yeah. every word yeah. of this script yeah and we were watching and i was like oh yeah, yeah. i love the performance like yeah. i didn't want him to eat 
anyone. No, oh my God, <laughs> but I was so very aware that. But you know what I mean. It's that. Yeah. But there still is that. It was so good. I would also say I'm sorry. I know there's only supposed to be three, but Sense and Sensibility or Legends Dude. of the Fall. I would fucking hang out with Legends Sense of and the Sensibility. Fall. Mm, Come mm, on, mm, Emma. Mm, mm, mm. She's my oh. <laughs> bone dry, bone dry, Emma. That performance is so good. <laughs> so angry. Have you watched? Have you watched any of uh, the re- the Howard's End? I haven't yet. I know. I give it a huge thumbs up. Really? I've only watched two episodes. It seemed a little neutered from the trailers. I don't think it is. Okay, great. I don't think it is. Great. I also the music. I'm just thinking because I'm great. looking down at the piano, and I, that means you get yeah. the importance of. It. That the opening credits of that, I was like, I think I can't remember if it was a cold open or if it was, but whatever happened, the credits started and I started crying. I was like, this is really special music. (laughs) This is really, I don't think it's just me. This is really special music. And I got the soundtrack and it's wonderful. And that's maybe what I'll be skiing. Maybe I'll have some Enya and maybe I'll have some Howard's End. You know what else is a really like actually a soundtrack like that for me is Beginners. Do you know that movie? Oh God. That movie ruined me. I can't even remember the soundtrack. Soundtrack's incredible. (laughs) I'm afraid to even revisit it. That was one where my friend Gabe and I saw it, and it was one of those situations where they had to kick us out. They were like, you need to stop crying. Our eyes were swollen slits. We were like, can you point us in the general direction of the door? (laughs) Oh, I might have to check it out. Maybe I've gotten some distance, and now I cannot lose my my mind. Yeah, no, it's a great movie. Um, Uh. You know what? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do, let's do, uh, so this is like your, this is, this is Sarah's musical life soundtrack. So it can be like beginners, but it's yours or, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, 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 it's the same composer as beginners. So it has all the same elements, but it's just completely unique to your world. Or it can be a band. So that's like, that what's that soundtrack your- of my life? Yeah. I would say that my three are like Tupac, Fleetwood Mac and Enya. <laughs> the, the, the trio the holy trio, the trio. many of us have <laughs> Tupac hit me really hard the other day I actually uh, I actually great. found myself it's one of those moments like those LA moments where I found myself openly weeping in the Staples parking lot yep yeah dear mama god my sister every time my sister yeah, every another time. Mister? I don't know is that a thing that's a thing yeah. uh, okay next one is let's do collaboration let's do artistic collaboration Ooh. of any kind I don't even care if it's like I'm Ooh. not a painter but I wish I could have painted with Manet whatever you Ooh. want from anyone in time mm. um, you don't even have to say what the project is but just like you love them you love what they do somehow you get a chance to collaborate with what, them like something. A fun, that is a, such a fun question Edith Wharton for sure great um Probably John Steinbeck. Great. Mm-hmm. Now the marker is really loud. Who would I actually want to collaborate with? I'm not always a collaborator. So Understood. yeah. So I'm like, hmm, I'm, I'm thinking like actors I would want to work with and stuff like that. Um, hmm. Somebody I think is just so fucking smart. Um, here's this. <laughs> <laughs> I love Genji Koan. I would work with her. Oh, Genji? Oh, yeah, yeah great. Mm. I'm 100% sure I just mixed up where the J and the G go, but yeah. that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, and then final category. All due respect to your wonderful husband. All due respect. Yeah. This is a mash game. So anybody could be a character from a book, movie, could be somebody, could be Paul Newman when he was 30, 
the sky's the limit could sure. be, you know. Sure. Brad Pitt, let's just fall. <laughs> Great. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. He, that was a very influential time in yes, my life. Yes, mine too. Mine too. Um, yeah, Paul Newman when he was 30. Thanks for that suggestion. Um, and Katie Lang. <laughs> Katie yeah, Lang. I, Katie I, Lang. I love her. A little while ago. I love her. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. So just, you know, I got to do my little squiggle for a second. So just tell me when to stop. Great. I'm going to pause this, do some quick calculations, not actually calculations. I'm going to come back with your 100% guaranteed MASH future. Check it out. (laughs) (laughs) You've given birth to a bear. No wonder you don't feel like a mom. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, great. Okay. Whew, I got real emotionally attached to all these categories. Um, so first of all, I'm going to do this this magical pair. For me, it's painful that you didn't end up with dance as your way of getting around. Oh, God. But here's really the painful. thing. But here's the thing. I don't think it's a coincidence that you actually did end up with your life soundtrack of Enya and skiing everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we, we made that happen because we could sail not stop away, talking. Sail away, sail away. We could not stop talking about it. Uh, I want to congratulate you on your. Uh, oh yeah, I guess I. You know what? I'm gonna make the place that you go. It, the movie that you go will be also where your kind of vacation home is. You got to get the mansion, apartment, check or house. Um, it doesn't make sense to give you an apartment in the place that you uh, can be a Wicca. Okay. So this is your apartment <laughs> inside <laughs> Breathless. <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah, right? That's cute. Yeah. That's chic. That's yeah. very chic. You I just have like, like pop pre- in. Parisian apartment. Exactly. Okay. That, felt, that felt right. That's good. Um, That's good. Now, meanwhile, here back at home, you have your magical crystal cave with underwater waterfall <laughs> underwaterfall I guess I could just say felt like I said water too many times uh you also can uh whenever you want sk- ski your way to Kauai <laughs> <laughs> uh, to commune life. with nature uh all of this activity is definitely going to raise your appetite I want you to know you can have a guilt-free ramification free steak <laughs> get that protein get that protein and iron and no cow suffered and, zero, and no cow suffered uh i want to congratulate you for the amazing collaboration you had with ms edith wharton oh my God. <laughs> that's big stuff that's some heady stuff yeah, that's amazing and you're sharing all of this uh in your alternate universe with a very strapping baby blue-eyed paul newman oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> God, I fan myself a little bit. That's a hot future. (laughs) Oh yeah, okay. Oh my gosh, Um, Sarah, what a pleasure and joy. This is this was like medicine for my soul. Um, It was really, really great having on the podcast. Where can people find you? What would you like them to know about? Uh, All that good stuff. Nothing much. Um, Unreal, you know, is the show. So it's very beloved. I feel like everyone, yeah. I, I actually feel guilty because I feel like everyone who listens to my podcast probably already watches it. That's so not it's true. like not even promoting, it's that, promoting something that they're already like, yeah, I know everyone loves it. Yeah, no, that's not true. I, I feel like it's like actually pretty under the radar. So yeah, the show is unreal. And it's so well, it's so, the critics love, I mean, it's just very well regarded. Thank you. Um, I've had, I've had an absolute blast. Like the actors on that show have, um, 
changed my life. They're so incredible. I enjoy, I mean, I've, my experience working on Burning Love, for example, yeah. of just that, the process of, I mean, you were, you're able to take the piss out on a much grander sociological feminist way, but the feeling of being able to take the piss yeah, out of that yeah, kind of show like, feels it, real satisfying. Deserved. Yeah. Um, yeah. We should dedicate this podcast to the quick and speedy recovery we're dedicating this podcast episode to my brave brave boy who looks a little confused right now um he's probably just high enough <laughs> to be like i don't feel bad but i feel like i don't know where i'm going and i'll say as like an objective outsider who just met met this beautiful young man today um he seems good He's good, right? He really only yeah. started crying a little bit. Yeah, he seems like he seems like but a dog who's. He just doesn't. I mean, I'll say before this whole yeah. kerfuffle, sometimes he just does that when he wants a treat. Yeah. So he's really in a place right now where he should take full advantage and exploit sure. all of that because I sure. don't know what what he's doing and I'm liable to give him whatever he wants yeah. just to try to make him happy. Yeah, he has the vibe of a dog who's like very much in his home, like very at ease that's really good to hear yeah he just seems good also she's being so good she's like yeah. really respecting his space yes. and that's been really interesting it's very to like see. it's a very healing vibe i feel like this this is gonna go really well i'm so glad to hear and he has the blood work of a three-year-old i mean come on he's a badass if only i could ride him yeah, you would you would ride <laughs> I, would, I would ride you i absolutely would uh I, I will talk to you guys next time on the podcast thanks again sarah yeah, this sure. was a pleasure As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.